This call is being recorded. Hello? Hello? Hi, this is Maggie. Hey, Maggie, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Sorry, I sent you an Good, email. that was the weirdest thing. Like, I picked up and it was like, this call is being recorded. This call is being yeah, I just sent you an email. I completely forgot. You had uh, sent me an email saying, um, oh, I'll call you. And then I remember that I have the, this um, recording app that I have downloaded on my phone that I use for the interviews just so I can have it and upload it to Spotify and stuff like that. So I sent you an email and asked if it was okay if I could call you. And then I figured I would just find your number on the email and call you. I hope that's yeah, okay. Yeah, that's fine. That's totally fine. It's, I'll try not to curse. So no, you no can't worries. put out your podcast. No worries. My dad, I think I, my, when I had, I interviewed my dad for the first two episodes because there was so much to talk about with him. Um, yeah. And he, did, he cursed a few times and it was totally fine. Mm-hmm. I think I that have, sounds about right. Yeah. So. Yeah. I may, have, I may have let slip some in that one too. So I just, you know, put a little disclaimer in the episode content thing. Um, but how are okay. you? I'm doing well. I'm, I'm glad to finally talk to your dad talk so much about you and your sister like I feel like I know you guys already so yeah I love working with him yeah so I'm glad you're you're a what what year are you you're a senior now or junior I'm I'm a sophomore in college oh you're a sophomore okay perfect yeah so it's nice it's definitely nice to be back on campus and have things be a little bit more normal um but yeah it's been and he was saying last year you were in in school too right yeah, I was on campus, but the issue was that most of the professors did not want to have in-person classes, so most things were okay. over Zoom, which was tough for my eyes at the end of the semesters. I, yes. I, I got that, like, glassy-eyed feeling. Oh, wow. Okay, well, I'm glad you guys are back in school. I mean, that's the whole thing with college, the whole college experience, so. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and how are things at the hospital? Things are insane. I'm sure your dad has talked to you about it. Actually, yeah. particularly Paoli has been crazy. Oh, gosh. So, uh, you know, we just have, like, a huge population explosion in the area, like, all of a sudden, um, with lots of, like, apartment buildings and high-rises popping up, and that really has created a huge effect on Paoli especially. And some of the Tower Health hospitals have been – in trouble financially and closing down. So those patients, oh, no. have, we've been seeing more of those as well. So, you know, it's just trying to catch up. Like every unit in the hospital is busy and we just yeah. need to try to cope with that because I think this is the new norm now. So, Gotcha. Um, so basically how um, this is uh, going to work is I just basically want to have a conversation with you um, and just, talk about how you got into medicine and things that were challenging and things that you enjoyed um, and just kind of what your journey looked like. Does that sound okay? Yeah, that's totally fine. Awesome. Um, so my first question is how did you get into medicine? Have you always known you wanted to be a doctor since you were younger? How did you get, how, how did that work for you when you were younger? So I'm kind of one of those nerds that kind of always knew that I wanted to go into medicine. Like you, my dad was a surgeon also. And Mm -hmm. so I was exposed to that pretty early. He was a general surgeon. Um, And I was exposed to that pretty early. There's a lot of doctors in my extended family. And, you know, I just, especially in the Indian community, like the doctor, being a doctor is like the ultimate 
thing that everybody strives to be. And like, you know, I kind of right. saw that with my dad, like everybody, it was just like a title, like a prestige thing. Okay. And um, it was like this mysterious thing that I always, you know, I just felt like I always wanted to strive to be the best and like the highest. Right. And I always succeeded academically. And so that was like kind of my thing. And then, you know, in the sciences, like I excelled. So then high school came along and it's like, now you got to pick the rest of your life. Like what's your major going right. to be in college? Right. And um, so I was like, okay, I'm just going to explore this pre-med thing. I mm-hmm. uh, applied. And to, where did you, where did you go for undergrad? I went to Temple. Okay. Gotcha. So I went, to, I grew up in the area and yep. I, I actually went, I uh, applied in high school for Temple's accelerated medical pre-med program. Okay. So at that time it was a seven-year program. So um, when when I was I think like a junior or senior in high school, you apply to the college and you also interview at the med school at the same time. So I did that. I got into their accelerated program, and I started college at Temple. Mm-hmm. And I think like pretty soon after starting, I realized that I did not want to do undergrad in three years. That I wanted right. to be there for four years. Yeah. So then um, I extended it another year. Um, mm-hmm. And then and how did I you, kind of, how were you able to mm-hmm. do that? So you applied to the accelerated, and that was a seven year. So it was three years of undergrad and then four years of medical school. And Correct. you said, okay, you got through and you were like, I want to do an extra year of college. And was that difficult to kind of adjust your schedule for that? or were, was the, It wasn't. Was, they were pretty accepting of that. Yeah, they okay. were pretty accepting of that. Um, I think nowadays, actually, like most med schools are not into that. Like the yeah. truncated college, they want students to mature, become adults, experience a little bit of life in their undergrad. Right. So um, I kind of felt that way too. Yeah, live a little, exactly. And right. so they were pretty open with that. They were totally fine with that. So I extended another year. Um, there was like certain requirements that I needed to still uh, accomplish. I had to get like a certain score on the MCAT and GPA and those, those sorts of things. Right. So, um, you know, I, I did that. I still applied to some other medical schools because I was like, well, you know, I don't know. I've been I've been a Philly girl my whole life. Like maybe yeah. I want to go somewhere else. So I did, and then Temple really was the first. Uh, my interview was pretty early. I got in, and then I was just like, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna accept it, so I could enjoy the rest of my senior year and right. be done with traveling and the interviews and all this stuff. Yeah. So that was kind of like my undergrad journey. Gotcha. And so, what was your? Did you have any points in? It sounds like you really enjoyed the STEM and the science classes, but was there any point? Um, during your undergraduate career that you like took a class and you were like, Oh my gosh, this, this class whooped my butt or this is, this is a lot harder than I thought it was. And what was your major again? I was a bio major and I did a minor in American studies. Um, Yeah. Like, you know, for me, organic chemistry, like I always was great in biochem, those kinds of things. And then organic chem hit and I was like, Oh my God, this is like a whole different can of worms. Right. And that would really for me that would that one was hard. Yeah. Um in hindsight, when people ask me, 
about like college majors and that sort of thing if they're pre-med I kind of wish I didn't do bio because that's kind of the accepted and you know like I went to med school and I was actually surprised like in I think Temple in my class there was probably like 150 to 160 students and Mm -hmm. came from all sorts of different walks of life. We had non-traditional students that were in their 40s. I think we might have even had one in their 50s maybe. Wow. And most of the people did not go straight from undergrad to college, uh, undergrad to med school. Like I think I was one of the few. I mean, there was, there was a bunch of us, but it was, there was definitely like half might've taken time off or done something different. Gotcha. And in uh, hindsight, like, I kind of wish I did maybe something else, because that's what med schools are looking for. They want different kinds of students. Gotcha. Um, so you, you kind of prove yeah. yourself in different ways. Like, you prove yourself in your MCAT, you know, all those, like, core things that you have to accomplish. But right. outside of that, you could do whatever you want. Yeah. And how was the studying for the MCATs for you? Was that, like, nerve-wracking? Did you get a book? Did you find a study group? How did you kind of prepare for that? So I took, I believe it was Princeton Review, mm-hmm. and um, I did that. I studied on my own. My, like I said, organic chem was kind of hard for me. Um, so that area I kind of focused a little bit more on. Yeah. But, um, yeah, other than that, like, that was really all I did. I just kind of hardcore studied over, I think it was the summer I might have done that. But I just sat down and I studied that. I did print review, and that was that was um MCATs were also a little bit different, structured a little different than I think than they are now. Like it was out of twenty seven, and we had like nine. Uh, like it was split into three sections. Okay. I feel like gotcha. now it might be different. Okay. Um. So you took the MCATs. You're going to Temple for medical school, and how was you know stepping foot on campus as a medical school student, how was the shift in the intensity of the work? Was there something to adjust to or were you kind of just like you stepped in and you're like, okay, I'm ready to go? Um, I stepped in and it wasn't hardcore. Like it was hardcore in the sense like the classes were a lot, but um, the the other students were great. I mean, like I said, like there was a lot, it was – really diverse I think much more Mm -hmm. than I was exposed to in undergrad in the sense like you know you're with your bio majors all the time and your classes are the same but then like you go to med school and you're like wow this guy climbed Mount Kilimanjaro and he's like a little bit older and this guy has kids and like it was just different kinds of people and and yeah there were like a little there were like cliques that were kind of forming but everybody was super accepting and we all you know, came together. It was, it was just, I have to say, like, med school was the best time of my life. Like, it was so much yeah. fun. <laughs> so did you did you live in an apartment with other medical school students? How did the living situation work for you? So there were me and my, I had two, uh, two of my best friends from undergrad. They also got into Temple Med. So we uh, had an apartment together. Oh, that sounds um, awesome. And we kind of, like, researched where all the Temple Med students lived, and we kind of just found an apartment in that location, and it was a lot of fun. There was a lot of Temple Med students in that area. So we worked hard and we played hard. Nice. There you Mm -hmm. go. Um, Do you have a favorite class? So the first two years 
I'm assuming you did more normal classes in the third and fourth years when you start doing rounds. Did you have a favorite class or kind of a least favorite class in the first two years of medical school? Um, I hated embryology. Okay. Okay. Um, and I hated uh, histology. It was just, just so boring to me. Like, I could not stand it. Okay. <laughs> but, like, the hands-on kind of stuff, like anatomy, I liked pharmacology, physiology, those kinds of things I really liked. Yeah. So it was just kind of figuring out, okay, this stuff is not, I'm not enjoying this, but there's other stuff that I do really find interesting and I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Gotcha. Um, so how, how was the start of rounds for you and getting more, was there, was there, is there a temple, there's a hospital near temple that you guys could do rounds at or how did that work for you guys? Yeah. So temple has its own hospital. And, mm-hmm. But they have a lot of affiliates. Um, they probably have like, well, not a lot, but they probably have like four or five affiliates because they have to get mm-hmm. all these med students through all the rotations and not everyone can do them all at Temple. Right. So um, most of them were in the area. I think there was like one in Pittsburgh and I kind of went all over for for them. I had a few at Crozier in, Le- in the Lehigh Valley at St. Luke's. I went to one in Pittsburgh and... That was a lot of fun too because most a lot of those rotations, there's med students from other um, programs also there, so you get to meet nice. You got other to meet students other and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, how were was it? So it was rotations in different parts of the hospital, right? Yep. Yeah. So so how there was were, like a set, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. In my third year at Temple, I think we had to do like you know certain core requirements. Everybody had to do internal medicine. I think two to um, rotations, everyone had to do surgery, family medicine, right. pediatric, all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but then outside of that, you could pick, like, electives, which there weren't in your third year that many, and then the fourth year, I think, was, like, pretty much all electives. Gotcha. And how did you narrow down your, like, once you could kind of go into electives, how did you, did you ever think, like, oh, I really want to be this type of doctor and you did a rotation you were like actually never mind scratch that or did you always kind of know you wanted to be an anesthesia I had no idea I wanted to be an anesthesiologist at all like I started in PD I started being like okay I like kids pediatrics seems like fun you get to play with babies and then I did peas and I was like no way there's no way way. I'm not into this Okay. And <laughs> was there anything in particular and, that like you experienced and you're like, absolutely not? Yeah, it was like peas. I just wasn't into it. OBGYN, I wasn't into it. And, and a lot of it has, is like stupid reasons. Like it's just mm-hmm. the quality of your rotation. And if yeah. you're like, I'm being, it's like the residents are miserable. They're nasty mm-hmm. people. Yeah. And I'm just not enjoying myself at all. Like, so it's like kind okay. of um, sometimes frivolous reasons. And then yeah. you'll have like some really cool attendings on some on some rotations. You're like, oh, my God, this is awesome. Yeah. That's um, the one thing that I've heard a few times is kind of how the atmosphere of the rotation kind of dictates how people feel about it. So if there are, yeah. you know, like you said, residents that are strung out and they're not like they snap or they're not the nicest to you it's like oh gosh like I don't I don't want to be in this yes exactly and that's what happened to me with like OBGYN and I was like nope not going to do that um peds was a little too intense for me with like really sick kids and yeah 
it seemed a little bit stressful also. Um, yeah. And then I did surgery and I loved surgery. Yeah. Um, but having grown up with a dad that was a surgeon who was like always on call and mm-hmm. a lot of times not there and that sort of thing, I was like, well, I don't know if I really want my lifestyle to be that way. Right. And, um, but I did internal medicine and I don't want to spend the entire day just rounding, rounding, rounding on patients. Right. And writing notes all day. So mm-hmm. one of the, my, my thing was like, I just don't want to have an office practice. I kind of want to go in and do my job and go home. And I don't, it might sound horrible, but I really don't want to deal with patients on a daily basis calling me all the time with their complaints and this sort of thing. Right. So that kind of narrowed it down. Like anesthesia was perfect. Like I enjoyed anatomy, pharmacology, critical care, ICU, like all those different things. And anesthesia embodied that. And I didn't have an office practice. Yeah. Um, I got to do lots of procedures. It was pretty much all procedural. And I only had to see patients on a short-term basis. And it was kind of intense when I had to take care of patients. But then, in theory, you could go home and just try to forget about it. So right. that was the reason. I, I actually never did a rotation in anesthesia mm-hmm. um, in med school until my fourth year I did as an elective. But, um, and when you did it yeah. as an elective, were you like, yes, this is exactly what I want to do? Yes. I mean, they were very cool attendings. Um, yeah, I, I loved everything about it. So then I was like, yeah, this is definitely what I want yeah. to do. Right. Check. This is this is checking all the boxes. This is okay. So mm-hmm. the next step was trying to match in terms of residencies. How did you go about that? Was there how many? I'm just trying to think. So how long are the residency programs for anesthesia like are there a lot of programs across the u.s or is it more competitive what's it like so you know anesthesia is interesting in the that it goes in it's really a roller coaster in terms of demand and when i um was finishing med school it was hot like anesthesia and radiology were really hot fields everybody wanted to do radiology and anesthesia and it was competitive um so I matched into anesthesia in terms mm-hmm. of applying. I knew I wanted to be in the Northeast, um, just like kind of close to family. It doesn't have to be super close, but yeah. um, I applied to basically just throughout a huge net between like Boston to I think maybe down to Virginia. Mm-hmm. And um, I, since I had been in Philly my whole life, really, I was like, I have to get it. I have to, I can't go to residency here although I did apply to programs in Philadelphia right um so then I ended up I I did I forget how many applications I did I probably applied to maybe 12 anesthesia program 12 to 15 maybe Mm -hmm. and um I might have you know all across the board I had like some top tier programs um and some really safety programs where i knew i would have no problem matching and how anesthesia is for anesthesia yeah just like you i I, oh for residency just for residency yeah so just like i have in my head like applications for college which is like essays and submitting your scores and stuff like that is it pretty similar and interviews no interviews Gotcha. So uh, there is a one general application. I think it was called the ERAS application. 
and Mm -hmm. you basically have to have three reference letters. Um, It's all electronic. You just upload them from three, from three attendings that you've worked with. Mm -hmm. Um, Typically the attendings that carry the most weight are the ones that are in academic. So if you did like a rotation in some community hospital and it's like a little community anesthesiologist, that's not going to carry as much weight as, if I did an anesthesia rotation at Penn and one of the things there wrote you a letter. Yeah. Um, So you want to get the strongest letters of recommendation as possible. Right. That carry them. Yeah, exactly. And if you're going to do anesthesia, I mean, all three don't have to be from anesthesia, but I mean, kind of like you could have like one from surgery, one from anesthesia. It it really doesn't matter as long as they're really strong letters. And then I think you'd like put in your extracurricular activities that you've done during med school. And then there's one personal statement. Yeah. And how, and then, then, mm-hmm. no, yeah. Keep, keep, I just had a quick question. And then you just, uh, I think you just put in the programs, you get a certain, certain number of programs that you can apply to for free. And then over that number, you have to pay like a nominal amount for every additional application. Okay. Um, just one. So you said extracurricular activity. So, was did Temple offer a bunch of different things that you could sign up for? Was there like an activities fair? I'd never, I had never thought about that. Like having extracurriculars in medical school before. There are a lot of activities in med school, and I'm sure every med school has that. Temple had that. Lots of clubs, lots of volunteering things. There's all sorts of different things that are going on all the time. I mean, there's like peds interest groups anesthesia there's a lot of community work mm-hmm. um big boys or big brother kind of stuff big brother big sister in the community there's all sorts of right. different things that are going on so i mean you want to do extra extracurriculars but not you know devote all your time i mean you are in med school and you have to concentrate right. on your studies at the same time right. so they're important but um that's not like the biggest thing that residencies are looking for. They just want to make sure you're well-rounded. Gotcha. And how, what program did you end up matching with for anesthesia? I matched at Columbia University in New York. Yep. So I wanted to get out of Philly. That was my number one choice. And, uh, so for anesthesia at that time, we had a lot of times we have to apply for internships and then also for anesthesia. And there's a lot of residencies that do that. Um, Sorry, for so I did my, mm-hmm. like an okay. intern year. So it's gotcha. it's either called a transitional year or a preliminary year. Yep. And uh, I ended up doing my preliminary year at Lankanal Hospital, which is in the mm-hmm. main line. So I did one year there, and then um, I matched for, which is like, you know, when you interview, you apply, you interview for that year, and you also interview for anesthesia. So there's a lot of residencies that do that, dermatology, radiology, radiation oncology. There's a lot of residencies that require a preliminary year. And what was your role? Yeah, so what was your role as, like, the intern for, or at Lincolnall, internship at Lincolnall? So I did an internship in my preliminary year in internal medicine. You could either do okay. it in internal medicine or surgery whenever you have to do an intern year. Yeah. It doesn't matter. And 
surgery is obviously very hardcore. You're working like 90 hours a week. So most people who are applying to those other residencies usually opt to do an internal medicine residency. Gotcha. Um, so in, I went to Langanaw and that year was a lot of fun. Usually mm-hmm. I have to say like they don't give you that much credence these programs when you're doing an internship because they know you're out in one year yeah and uh you're not going to be that invested in it you've already matched into your residency and they're taking exactly so they're like we're not going to ride you you're just here to do your job whatever (laughs) yeah whatever exactly so you know my intern year was great i think we had like maybe 15 interns some of them were going on to like you know an internal medicine residency in Lankanaw probably half of them and then we had the rest of us that were going on to other residencies and so it was was a lot of fun because we had really nothing to lose I mean we we all matched into a residency and yeah as long as you didn't bomb or do anything insane or illegal I mean it was just you do your job and you party (laughs) You have a good time. Exactly. You leave in a year. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. So how was how long is the residency for anesthesia? So one year of internship and then three years of anesthesia. Gotcha. Okay. So how was the residency program? Once you, you got to Columbia after the year of internship, how was that? So then I moved to New York and I started at Columbia and it was completely miserable for three years. I okay. absolutely hated it from day one. Like mm-hmm. I started uh, Columbia because I was like, you know, it's like one of the top programs in the country. It's going to give me great training and I want to be in New York. And that was kind of, those were my determining factors. I didn't really look into how happy the residents are and this sort of thing. And I have to say, after three years, I got great training. They make great anesthesiologists. You see everything, but it's miserable. It is very malignant. Mm -hmm. Um, And I couldn't wait to get out of there. (laughs) I could not wait to get out of there. I so was everyone, always everyone in the great... program with you was miserable too. It sounds like like everyone was just kind of like, oh my gosh, this is tough. Some were better. Some were better than me, I think, in terms of like coping with it. Um, but they, there was no, you know, like I always spent my whole life being at the top. I excelled. Everyone's like, yeah, Nina, Nina, and then I go to Columbia, and everybody is like, no, you're here to be a slave, really, and oh you're God. nothing. There's no patting anyone on the back um and it was very malignant like you're just not good enough was the culture like you're not that smart you're here to work you're not that great like and that was just the culture there and a lot of these um ivy league programs are like that columbia in particular for anesthesia was that way yeah so i was just like counting them days yeah how did you keep like how did you keep your confidence up and keep pushing ahead when like every day you were hearing like you're not good enough all this thing how did you how did you cope with that how did you like just keep chugging along it was so I know in the class above me at Columbia three residents had dropped out and gone into Mm -hmm. other specialties 
Gotcha. Um, so it was like pretty bad. You know, I have to say that I started and I hated it so much. And I was, it was actually making me doubt, is it anesthesia that I hate? Um, right. Like maybe this isn't what I should have picked. And maybe I should look into a different specialty to match into or transition into. Um, but what helped was that really my co-residents, because you can commiserate with them. And then, you know, time just flies. I mean, you're working so hard and then you're just like, yeah. okay, I only have like one more year to go. I could do this. Um, and, you know, you'll carry the Columbia name and you get great training. I'm not going to lie. Like you have seen everything. You're well equipped to enter the world of anesthesia after that. Gotcha. Um, but it was definitely, definitely tough. Okay. And so anesthesia doesn't have a fellowship for after residency, it sounds like. There is. So you could do, there's different um, accredited and non-accredited fellowships. So the ones that people can go into are cardiothoracic. Um, that one is accredited. Pediatrics, OB, regional. Um, and then there's like a new one popping up, like neuro. Okay. Which is non-accredited. Gotcha. So when you... Or done your residency, how did you get back? And did you get immediately back into the Philly area? Or did you go another place to try and branch out a little bit more? What happened then? So I honestly think that I would have done maybe a fellowship in cardiothoracic if it had not been for my Columbia experience and wanting to leave the second I finished. Right. Um, and I didn't really see the point in doing a fellowship somewhere else because I was like, well, then I got to move somewhere else for a year and then yeah. try to learn the system and this and that. Mm -hmm. So I was like, forget it. I'm just going to go into, yeah, I'm just going to get a job. I kind of like all the different aspects of anesthesia, all the different kind of patients. I'm not really, I really don't want to just be stuck in peds because right. if I did peds, then really I would only want to do peds and go to like a pediatric hospital, which really limits your options in terms of jobs. Right. And um, so I wanted to come back to Philly. And uh, since I had done my internship at Lankado, I knew some of the anesthesiologists there and I kind of, I just, emailed one of them and they forwarded my CV to their CEO and I had an interview. I interviewed at a couple places in Philly and mm -hmm. uh, then, yeah, they, they offered, gave me a job offer. At that time, anesthesia was really difficult to find jobs in, even from Columbia, which was a top program. Gotcha. Um and I was kind of getting worried that I had done it a little late in the game. Usually people start doing it in September or October of their third year. And I think I started mm -hmm. maybe a little bit later than that. Gotcha. So this is when you applied for anesthesia, it was competitive because everyone wanted to be an anesthesiologist and radiologist. And then you were trying to get a job and it was still that like everyone, so many people had gone into anesthesia and are all looking for jobs at the similar times. It sounds like. Yeah, yeah. The class above me had a hard time, uh, you know, getting jobs. Um, it was like really you have to interview at a lot of different places. The market was completely saturated. Mm -hmm. And so I got a little worried. And But luckily, um, 
the group that I applied to, you know, they had openings and then I got a job offer. I was like, okay, this is great. I've kind of already been in mainline health. It's close right. to family. So this yeah. is what I'm going to do. Gotcha. So did you have any, was there any time between your fourth year or your, sorry, your third, like fourth, I'm seeing the internship, but the third year of the Columbia residency, did you have any time between that and when you started your job or did you just go straight in? Yeah, so we, that summer, everyone takes their written board. Yep. Which, if I recall, is in early August, I think. Okay. And, or maybe late July. So I finished in probably late May or early June, and I took like a month just to study for that. And mm-hmm. I think most people do that unless there's, like, a money crunch and they have to start working immediately. So I just right. want to take time off and kind of, you know, study, yeah, unwind for a little bit. And yep. so I spent that time studying. I took my written boards. And then my set date was uh, September 1st to start. So I, then I took some, like, two, like three weeks after my boards to yeah. just relax. And then I started my job in September. Mm-hmm. And how was the start of your job? Were you nervous or were you excited, like ready to be, you know, in the workforce, ready to be an anesthesiologist in the real world? Uh, no, I was completely freaking out, completely okay. freaking out because it was like, wow, now I'm on my own, on my own license, yep. and mm-hmm. all of a sudden I have to have CR, like at Peoli, we have a CRNA model. So now I have CRNAs that work under me. Okay. And, you know, usually in, in most residencies, we do our own cases. And right. um, that's what I was used to. We don't really work with the CRNAs. They do their own thing. And, and what is CRNA? Now I have to. So CRNAs, um, in a CRNA model, typically we cover at Paoli three ORs with three CRNAs. And sometimes we do our own cases. Um, But that was kind of like an interesting dynamic that you just have to get used to. um, And are they having this? Mm -hmm. So there are people working under you. Are they, how do they get to where they are? I'm just, I'm. I don't think I've so heard I think in order before. to be a CRNA, they're a nurse. So they go to nursing okay. school, then they're a nurse. Gotcha. And then eventually, okay. you ha- I think in order to become a CRNA, you have to be an ICU nurse at some point, spend some time doing that. And then one that's one of the qualifications to go to CRNA school. Okay. Gotcha. That makes sense. Um, I think their schooling is for like a, ye- like a year and a half, maybe. Gotcha. So it was nerve-wracking, and then how long do you think it took you to kind of get more confident in like, okay, I can do this. I've got this. Let's go. I think fully to be confident in yourself. Um, it takes years. It takes years. Yeah. It probably took at least two to three years at least. Mm-hmm. And um, is it just like the repetition, like, not the repetition, but the just getting used to doing more cases and just getting more experience that helps with that confidence. Yeah, exactly. Like the cases that Paley were, you know, we didn't do hardcore cases like at Columbia, like the huge kinds of cases, but it was just getting used to the surgeons and kind of testing the waters with like how far can you be 
tell a CRNA how you want the case done or telling a yeah. surgeon, well, I really don't think that's a great idea to do a spinal on this patient. I really right. want to do a Like, it's just kind of getting to knowing personalities and they have to get a feel for you too. Like, you don't really, right. you're not coming in there being cocky. You're just, mm-hmm. so that takes, that takes years to develop those relationships. Gotcha. Um, I guess, like, an overall question, I talked to um, Dr. Laura Gowan earlier this summer, I think, but how was it just reflecting back on your experience in medical school, residency, how was it being a woman and going through all these things? Did you feel kind of intimidated with their support? How was it for you? Anesthesia is one of those fields where luckily – I could probably say it's like 50-50 with men and women. So I never felt like uh, marginalized or anything like that as a female. Mm-hmm. So even my residency was really pretty much 50-50. When I joined at Paoli, I was one of three females at that time. But since then, it's really grown to be 50-50. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've never felt that way that – with, uh, you know, differences, males versus females or income or anything like that. Gotcha. Um, and I, if you don't mind me, do you have kids or is that, do you have kids? I don't have kids. Okay. Um, that was one of the things that I was talking to Dr. Gowan about just because I'm like, I kind of had a moment that someone I talked to my dad about it about, you know, really wanting to be in medicine, but at the same time thinking about, you know, if I do want to have kids, what is that going to look like in terms of time and stuff like that? And obviously it's so far away, but that was where my head was at this summer, which is kind of silly, but that's where I was. I think what um, most females would say in medicine is that there's there's never a good time. I mean, I, I know people that did it during med school, residency as an attending and it's it's always going to be difficult but i think probably the worst would be during med school that yeah. would be the hardest but after that yeah. you know lots of people in residency have kids they take time off it will extend your residency by a little bit so you may not finish with the rest of your class but it's fine lots of people do it yeah and um i think like in my residency there were a few people that had kids they probably didn't take the full 12 weeks they probably came back a little bit sooner just because you were in residency and they just didn't want to extend it by three months thereafter. But right. most people do it like when they're attending um, mm-hmm. once they start their job. And at that point, it's, it's no big deal. Okay. Um, just another kind of looking back, is there one thing, and I I just was thinking about this question, and I really like it. Is there one thing that you, looking back on medical school or residency, that you wish you had learned then that would have been really helpful for you going into your job or going into the next step of your life? Hmm. There's nothing I regret. There's nothing mm-hmm. I regret, but um, there are things that I would have probably maybe done a little differently. Like in college, maybe I would have majored in something else. I maybe would have 
worked a little bit harder and maybe, you know, who knows? Like I could have gone to a different med school and met different kinds of people, but there's nothing I regret. I don't regret my choice of going into anesthesia. I'm sure your dad has told you um, the practice of medicine has gotten a lot tougher. Um, When I told my parents, even in high school, that I wanted to become a doctor, my parents were completely against it, which was shocking because they're Indian dad's a surgeon. They were completely against it. We used to fight every day in high school over the whole thing. Wow. And, what, was, um, what was their reasoning between for being against it so much? Just so my dad, like, kind of saw the glory days of medicine, like, in the 70s and the 80s, where, you know, doctors were glorified. There was, you know, you just got to practice medicine, just do yeah. your specialty and just operate. And there wasn't any BS. And right. over time, it just got tougher and tougher with insurance and reimbursement and more and more paperwork and electronic records. And phone calls and complaints and just trying to watch your back with making sure you don't do this and this yeah. and lawsuits and that sort of thing. And it just got, the practice of medicine has just gotten tougher. And um, I decided to go into medicine. My younger brother also decided to go into medicine. So he's an orthopedic surgeon. Mm-hmm. And um, like now, now that I'm, an anesthesiologist, I can kind of see what my, it has even over my, I've been at Paoli's for eight years, nine years. And even in during that time, it's become a lot harder to practice. Um, mm-hmm. anesthesia. In what way? Just same, um, in like, terms of reimbursement, like it's a national, it's just like a national thing, like in reimbursement. Um, there's lots of loopholes, a lot of administrative stuff that you have to do. And, I kind of now I'm the chief of anesthesia at Peoli now, yeah. but I kind of miss the oh, days when I just first started. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of just missed the days when I first started. I was just doing anesthesia and that's it. Like I got to take care of my patients and now there's a lot of administrative stuff that you just get having, you just have to deal with. So it's, it's tougher, but I don't regret it. I mean, I would do it all over again. Yeah. Um, without a doubt. Awesome. Um, Dr. Kalawadia, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for talking with me today. Absolutely. If you have any other questions, just give me a call. My, I will always have my phone on. Awesome. Yes. Thank you so much. Have uh, This has been so helpful for me. I love having these conversations. It's always so enlightening. I just love to hear people's, you know, unique journeys as to how they got to where they are. It's super, super interesting to me. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great night. You too. Bye. Bye.